welcome to What Am I Rolling, a twice-monthly RPG one-shot podcast, hosted by me, Fiona. This week, I'm joined by my friend Claire for Riscus, the Anything RPG, a free pen and paper role-playing game created by S. John Ross of Cumberland's Games and Diversions. Riscus is a handy emergency RPG for spur-of-the-moment one-shots and rapid character creation. It can also be used as a reliable campaign system, supporting years of play, regardless of genre. You can find out more information about Riscus and the other Cumberland Games and Diversions RPGs on their website. That's rolltop-indigo.blogspot.com. I'll include links to it on the What Am I Rolling website and in this episode's show notes. So here's how Riscus works. In character creation, Riscus uses something called a cliché system. Clichés are sort of shorthand descriptors for a type of person, vaguely implying their skill set, their background, their social roles, the equipment they have, and so on. To create a Riscus character, all we need to do is to give the character a name, provide a short description about them, and assign them some clichés which determine their usable skills. Players get 10d6 to spend on clichés and distribute them how they like, Other than the rule that beginning characters should not put more than four dice into any one cliché, it is up to the players what clichés they take and where they allocate their dice. So here's a quick example from the Riscus rule sheet. Grolfnar, the Viking, a muscular beast of a person who likes to gamble and aims to write great tales about their adventures, could have the following clichés. Viking, gambler and poet, and have the 10d6 allocated as four, three and three into those clichés respectively. When performing actions during a Riscus game, the players will roll their character's appropriate cliché dice against a target number set by the Games Master. If the total rolled equals or exceeds the target number, success! If not, failure. During combat and other kinds of contest, both the attacker and the defender have to roll against their chosen clichés. The lowest roll loses, and the lowest roller subtracts one die from their cliché for the remainder of the encounter. This continues until one party is left without any dice, at which point the winner gets to decide the loser's fate. You can find out more information about Riscus, the Anything RPG, and other Cumberland Games and Diversions products on their website. That's rolltop-indigo.blogspot.com. One last thing before we begin. Naturally, there are times in this one-shot where the players, and myself, mostly myself, get the rules wrong or forget something plot-wise. Whilst we always endeavour to stick to the rules wherever possible, at the end of the day, we all make mistakes, and what matters most is that everyone enjoys themselves. So, with all that out of the way, let's play Riscus. I've come up with a story for you. The setting is going to be modern day. It's going to be set in Edinburgh. Oh, yeah. okay, nice. And I want you to think of someone, if you want to base it on yourself, you can do, but it's, it is someone who's very similar to you. Okay. A normal nine-to-five job. Just someone... Who seems ordinary. Think about like a Doctor okay. Who companion before they're picked out. Okay, okay. So what, what do you want to start with? Is, what am I picking? <laughs> it's okay. My well, name first? Yeah, think of, like... yeah, let's think of a, a name or description. So do you want to be male or female? Do you want to be... Do you want hmm. to be just you? Do you want to... I'll be someone similar to me, but with a cooler name. Okay. 
Let's go for Violet. Violet. Excellent. Because yes, all I can think about is That's Violet fine. Beauregard. Violet Beauregard. <laughs> well, so do you want... So Violet's your first name. Do you want to uh-huh. keep your second name as Jarvis or do you want to try something different? Let's go Grant. If it's in Scotland after all. Mm. What everyday job would you think that Violet Grant does? People have real jobs. It doesn't have to be uh... it doesn't have to be um like a, an office job. It could be a teacher, it could be something high up, it could be a scientist, could be mm-hmm. Scientist sounds fun. Scientist? Yeah. Alright, put that down. Sure. Then. Let's think of some description for you then, for Violet being a scientist. What kind of scientist would you think she is? Let's have her do some sort of chemistry-related thing. Okay, so... that's the show I was doing, like, chemistry. Chemistry. Stuff. All right, so would you say she is creating, like, cosmetics or drug... You know, like, I'm thinking mm, of mm. drug companies or anything mm. like that. Or is it something more mundane? More mundane. More mundane. Let's make her really plain. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, could she be, like, a... I mean, a lab assistant, a research person, so mm. wants to do higher mm. stuff. So say, I'm a scientist, but it's actually... Not so much that. Yeah. Okay. It's more like the assistant to the scientist. Okay, so you, maybe like um, an intern, perhaps. Maybe just got out of yeah. university. Mm-hmm. Let's make it a Scottish. Make it Scottish? Yeah. All right. I expect you to do accents. <laughs> oh, shit. <No. laughs> has she ever moved out of the country? Has she ever been anywhere? Or she's always been in Edinburgh? No. I think one day she's like, I'm going to work for CERN. One day I'll live in Switzerland? Is that where they're based? I can't remember where they're based. Uh, don't look at me. You this know. is your story. So she, yeah. but she wants to work for a high-powered company. Yeah. Going to be the best scientist in the entire world. Okay, so she's ambitious. Yes. Um, yeah. Any social skills, would you say? Does she have many friends? I think she's, like, lively sociable. <laughs> yeah, so she's not, like... She's, she's not, not, like... She's not anti-social. She doesn't hide no. away and stuff. She tries her... No. She's, she's a well-rounded human being. Yeah. So. She's not your quintessential... Stereotype. Yeah, that's why I was. I, I'm like, sure I knew that's not what I you were going to I can't talk to people. Would you say popular person? Do you think yeah. lots of friends and stuff? I think, I think she's got like a close knit group of friends. Mm-hmm. And then like to other people is perceived as, oh, that Violet, she's a nice girl, you know. So she's not necessarily got a very extensive group of friends. She's not like social butterfly no, group to group. She's just no. more like, like it's a close knit network of friends who know mm. her quite well. Yeah. What do you think she does outside of work, if anything? She likes plants. She likes plants? She That's likes just... planting things. Bit of a green thumb then. Yeah, green thumb. And I think probably an avid book reader. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like she should have a thing that is like more interactive with people. <laughs> Would you say she goes down to the local community centre? Like, does she do mm. like lots of classes? So, I don't know, yoga. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe she does... Let's go for rock climbing. Rock climbing, okay. Not that I've ever been before in my life. So then you'd say she's quite strong then, like physically, if she does rock climbing. Yeah, I think she is like moderately... She could climb a wall, Mm -hmm. but she wouldn't be the person that you'd point out and be like... I can tell you're super strong and you yeah, can lift super like buff. <laughs> a bajillion kilos or whatever. Yeah. Okay, okay. Does she have any living relatives close by in Edinburgh? I'm guessing maybe because she's grown up there. I think she grew up not in Edinburgh, so she travelled. Okay. She moved to Edinburgh mm-hmm. for university. She probably comes from further out in Scotland somewhere, so maybe like. I really like Ullapool, oh, so let's okay. go for Ullapool. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, so like. Northwest Coast. Mm-hmm. I think uh, most of her family will be still, you still know, in, in the countryside area. town. Let's say she's got a little brother who's like just started university. In Edinburgh. At, also in Edinburgh. All right. Yeah. So yeah, just read it out from the top. 
Violet Grant, the scientist's intern. <laughs> Calls herself a scientist, but really at this stage is just a shit kicker. She has some upper body strength, likes to keep vaguely fit, um, and while not a super social person, she keeps close to a tight-knit group of friends and is well-liked by her peers. She moved to Edinburgh for uni and has stayed since that. Her little brother is also in town, though the majority of her family are back in their countryside village. She likes plants and books. However, she dreams of one day becoming the greatest scientist the world has ever seen. Perfect. And there are two exclamation points. Two exclamation points. Wow. After that. You've got that then. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say, to make it easier, just again, following the example we've got... Mm-hmm best to sort of pick four concepts one being okay. four like your strongest one oh sorry cliches yes so four cliches four being your strongest one then a three and then a two and then a one yeah so what would you say is the one thing that summarizes violet and it can be as as vague as scientist mm-hmm. in the sense of there's anything in a situation that you could justifiably say ah oh, this is what a scientist would do mm. then you could use that cliche what would you think would be violet's number one cliche Let's go logic. Logic, yeah. That sounds good. You can apply to thinking out puzzles, trying to make connections. So yeah, that's actually a really good, yeah. smart one to have. Yeah. yeah, you're thinking outside Slightly the box quite different. a bit. Yeah. yeah. All right, so what would you see would be her second sort of most important cliche? Personability? Or adaptable, maybe. Personable is sort of talking about like, oh, people can people come to you and say, whereas adaptable, you're like, new situations come up and you're just like... Yeah. It's just what it's it's probably. Yep. Yeah. Sounds good. She's going to suck in a fight. (laughs) You never know what kind of fight it's going to be, though. So (laughs) So you never know. All right. uh, What would you say would be her third cliche then, thinking about what you've said? I think fit is one, and then maybe like technical is the other. Okay. So, like the idea of having to do lab work and that sort of thing, and having like a mechanical mind. Okay. In that sort of sense. Yeah. Doesn't As, matter which order I write them down in. How many dice have you used so far? You've gone four for logic, I'm mm-hmm. guessing, and then three for personable. personable. All right, so you have three left. So one will have two in, one will have one in. It just depends on which one you want to be your stronger cliche. Or you could have, say, one in each and then another cliche. Hmm. Cliches are hard. And they are. <laughs> but do I want to have a third one? Because maybe she is adaptable. And that's yeah. the third thing. And then there's just one in each. Possibly instead of adaptable, maybe resourceful, perhaps? Yeah, I mean, it's still a word, yeah. but it's like... It's got a little bit of oomph to it. Yeah. Maybe that instead. I like it. All right. So we'll read out your sort of cliches again. So your first okay. one is scientist. Logic. Oh, let's make it all that. <laughs> let's do that again. What's I'm not going to be who you want me to be. <laughs> all right. Sorry. What's your first cliche, Claire? <laughs> Logic. Logic. For four. four. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Okay. Personable, three. Okay. Technical, one. Fit, one. Resourceful, one. one. Perfect. And that's it to set Ooh. up. You ready? <laughs> so I want you to describe to me what an average day is like for Violet. Average work day? Yeah. So she wakes up, cup of tea, and breakfast. Non-specified breakfast. I was just about to ask you what kind of breakfast, but okay, yeah. Just she walks to work, 
in you know obviously that place that Edinburgh? scientists work in Edinburgh. Well, everything's walkable in Edinburgh, right? That's yeah, all. totally. She just has to do like ten sets of stairs to get there. <laughs> then, yep, she just goes about her business, mm-hmm. photocopying, getting samples. Mm-hmm. Other scientist things. I don't know what real scientists do, let's be real. But she does typical science things. Mm-hmm. Makes cups of tea for people because she's the intern. And then when she finishes work for the day, typical day, she probably will go and do some form of light activity. Okay. So whether it be rock climbing or a little jog, maybe she would see friends for like dinner mm-hmm. or, um, or she would just go home, read a little book. Like I know you described an average day, but she has a mm. routine. So every, you know, it's mm. always this is what it is, and nothing ever changes. Yeah, I think so. Even though she does a variety of things, it's always a similar pattern in the variety. If that makes sense, so it's like, okay, I've done this thing this morning, and now I've got work, and now I'll do this thing that changes slightly every day, but it it's at the same time every day yeah. almost. No surprises, no nothing like uh, that. She's not big on surprises oh. until <laughs> until exactly. It's a very cold day. I'd say Tuesday, Mm. you've gone to work, nothing changes so much like, you know, same old people, same old security guards, you've done your photocopying, but you're happy. Like, you maybe got some plans later, you're not seeing any friends, maybe last minute cancellations, but that's okay because you've got your plan for your jog. And it's just a nice simple thing just to keep you active and keep your sort of mind fresh. Do you go home to get changed or are you just going to jog straight from work? I think she's the kind of person who has change of clothes at work. Mm Mm-hmm. Is it the same path every time, a nice loop around, or what does uh, she go it's, for? I think it's a typical path, Yeah, but there is variance in the path. So, like, if she's feeling like she wants to jog through the park today, she'll jog through the park. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, she'll, you know, take a more direct route if she kind of just wants to get home. So, I guess you've got a bit more time than usual. So, you were maybe jogging maybe around the park, but maybe some areas, you know. So, just describe, like, if you were going through Edinburgh just now. I appreciate mm-hmm. it. I'm relying yeah. on you rather I need to pick a place in Edinburgh. No, 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 seriously, <laughs> but is there any any particular scenic bits that you would jog through? Because I'd say it's a typical, say, Tuesday mm. evening. Not too mm-hmm. late. The sun's still out. There's a couple of people out. But I'm guessing mm. you would probably go where there's not many tourists, so maybe not the Royal mm. Mile or anything like that. Mm. But anything that's... That would be awful to jog the Royal yeah. Mile. <laughs> I, know, I don't know why I suggested that. <laughs> but again, as someone who doesn't go to Edinburgh yeah. that often, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. the Royal yeah, Mile. the Royal Mile, the main place. Well, let's pick the meadows, even though that's mm-hmm. a bit more touristy, but yeah, we'll it's des- we'll describe, a popular place We'll to describe go. that, because again, I don't really know um, much about that place. So. Pretty pretty flat and very open, with some, you know, nice trees and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she probably just jogs one of the, like, the more main paths in that sort of area. Mm-hmm. Does a bit of a loop, because there's so many, like, intersecting... Mm-hmm. paths across all of the meadows but it's it's quite big okay i'm guessing there's not a lot of foot traffic per se like you'd see people mm-hmm. other people coming from around if there were other joggers i think there's only one main road that goes through it maybe there's two there's like you know there's some cars that might drive past depending on what part of the run she's at okay. um and there are a few parts where it's if you're on the edge of the meadows it's like almost like a little fence that gets broken up occasionally okay to like a path that basically runs next to the meadows mm-hmm. just on the other side of the fence and then there's a road next to that so mm-hmm. that they're kind of like the only other other than foot traffic okay yeah yeah so but but otherwise it's fairly it's flat yeah so you, you again so again you're just sort of in your own as well prob- listening to music i'm guessing or are you just yeah. sort of yeah. she probably like but on a low level because yeah. 
you know, safety, safety first. first. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag <Okay>. all women. <laughs> wow. You, so, so true. So deep. So certain. Yeah. Especially it. on the meadows. It's, it's mm. one of those places you do not go. So I think you're probably aware of that as well. You don't want to be mm. out too late and mm-hmm. you're just sort of doing your own track. Maybe you get sort of about three quarters of the way through your run and you stop towards one of the main intersections of the roads. I assume you, you have trainers that have laces on and you're not one of those freaks like me that has plastic <laughs> laces. But, you know, just taking a breather, maybe you got a slight stitch. That's mm-hmm. fine. So you hear a noise under your low-level music and obviously you sort of, as you said, you sort of mm. on guard a little bit. Guard. And it sounds like a woman crying. And you look around and you see someone. Could you describe who you see? Can I? <laughs> well, what's the first thing you would notice about this person? Do you think that you would look to or something that stand out? Well, they're probably sitting on a bench, I guess, because there's a few benches. Mm-hmm. If they were crying, then it would probably be more the the body language of of how they're sitting more than like what they actually look like. Mm-hmm. You know, like if their head's down and their shoulders are hunched or their hands are up in front of their face or something mm-hmm. like that. And then, I don't, I don't know. No, that's um, that's no. fine. <laughs> that's fine. So, on the All bench. I can think of is, like, the ring. <laughs> so, long hair yeah. over, over, over her face. She has it yeah, in. Yeah. She's clearly quite upset. And mm-hmm. you can't see her face. It's very long, maybe sort of a, a dark brown hair, mm-hmm. covering quite a lot of the face, all the way sort of down. And clearly something, and she's got, like, a backpack next to her. Wearing sort of nondescript clothes, but mm-hmm. maybe a bit raggy, her jeans, perhaps. But otherwise, you know, maybe about ten feet away from you. Mm-hmm. What do you do? Well, I guess I've stopped at this point, I, yeah. haven't I? So I would probably just observe for a little bit longer to see if it was something that maybe would it be helpful to go in and intercept and be like, are you okay? Mm-hmm. Can I help you? Or whether or not it's better to just, you know, leave her to have her moment. But you're not like hiding yourself. You just sort of stood there. No, just kind of, yeah. Like just tying your shoelaces, maybe not being nondescript, like not yeah, staring yeah. at her, but... yeah continues crying for a bit and eventually sort of sniffs pulls back her hair a little bit starts fiddling around she starts taking her shoes off and then sort of puts it in place and you sort of see on her hands a sort of like chipped nail varnish and stuff like that maybe a little bit of acne on the sort of the side of her face again you don't get a real clear look at her because her hair's quite long a bit bedraggled so far if she's seen you she's not made an effort to acknowledge. acknowledge you yeah how old does she look she younger or um, you can't tell like you mm. don't have a real look at her face mm. and again because she's sort of crouched down maybe a bit so not hunched perhaps but again mm. just the way her body language is mm, a bit hard to tell mm. I probably would still like try and faff a bit for time yeah <laughs> so like maybe have a little sip of water still just kind of standing there like yeah oh I need I need to stretch at this exact moment there's a tree just there so you're just like <laughs> yeah, doing arm yeah. stuff yeah while quietly trying to observe okay so she puts her sort of shoes to the side gets out like a really battered flip phone mm-hmm. and starts sort of going through it still sort of sniffing and crying and sends a text oh I was about to send it and then sort of like no, so the shakes her head, deletes it, puts the phone down, puts it in her shoes, mm-hmm. and stands up. And as she stands up, she's actually around around about the same height as you as well. Like the, mm-hmm. the, again, the, the hunchness of it. Is, but she seems now she has sort of purpose, and she starts walking towards the road. Towards the road without her shoes on. <laughs> the look he gave me just then was like, "Yes, Clay, fucking idiot." Mm-hmm. <laughs> How close to the road is she? I'd say she's about maybe fifteen feet. And from the bench. 
same. That's what yeah. I meant. Like, if she logically thought it out, like, could she go grab the shoes and then go up to the woman? Absolutely, like, yeah, yeah. Before she reached the road, mm-hmm. like, it's not like a and or. Yeah. She would do that, and then she'd probably, like, be like, oh, you left your shoes behind, like, trying to fake that it's, like... Yeah. Oh. <laughs> what are you feeling just now from this whole... Weirded out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, still a little on edge, I think, just from the idea of like somebody taking their shoes off and mm-hmm. then going and walking around somebody who already looks a bit unkempt mm-hmm. would automatically, you know, give her the assumption of like, well, maybe this person isn't like really in a very fit state mentally. So mm-hmm. something's going on here and something that she's probably not capable of doing anything about. But she'll try. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> she'll take the risk. I'd say because it's quite a personal thing you're doing, personable thing. Mm. I'd like you to roll for that then, for that, using your cliche. Ooh. So that's three, yeah. isn't it? The pretty dice. Ooh, Ooh, that was really good. So what's that then? Fifteen. Fifteen to just what you needed. So, oh, so what do you do? Do you, so you pick up the shoes? Do you yeah. run, do you try and grab her, or do you just sort of no. like keep a distance? Mm-hmm. Probably like a good foot. Yeah, yeah. So you're not super close behind her, no. but enough to that, like, if yeah. you need to. Okay. Pointedly enough that it's like, you need to address this issue. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you say then? What do you say to this guy? Oh, uh, you left, you've left your shoes behind. I don't want you to step on, you know, some glass or something. You should probably... Are you okay? <laughs> she would, like, start on the pretense of, like, oh, I've pretended that this is all I'm addressing, but clearly something's not going well for you here. Okay. She stops, and she turns around, and it's the first time you see her face, mm-hmm. and it's you. <gasps> or it's someone who looks exactly like you. It's that moment, and she, you know, you both sort of look, and she just sort of looks at you and goes, I'm sorry, and just runs straight into the road. No! I... Okay, so what do you do? I think in that moment, I think it's a time paradox, <laughs> and she needs okay. to die before we blow up the world. No, um, <laughs> what would Violet think? I think gut instinct reflex, even though in the back of her mind she's like, it's a time paradox, and and if you touch each other, you're going to blow up the universe as we know it. She ignores that. <laughs> and her gut reflex is to grab her, like, try and grab her arm or something to okay. stop her from, like, running out, presumably in front of a car at the road. Sounds like a fit thing yeah. to do, so roll one of your fit dice. Oh, I got a six, though. <laughs> you did. It's not enough. It's not enough. Um, Rip future. Is, is this unfortunate? Yeah, I think you just try and grab her, but again, because of the shoe, like you're like, oh, wait, wait, and as she, she just goes down the road and just hit by a car, and you sort of see her sort of body, and of course, the person comes out of the car and goes, oh my god, and like few cars start stopping, people start running from the other side, yeah. but no one sort of noticed you in this moment. They just saw this girl run out into the middle of the road. Did she leave her bag behind as well? She did. But not her phone? Uh, the phone was in the shoes. Oh, okay, so I've got the phone. Mm-hmm. Does she look very dead <laughs> from where I'm standing? Was it bad? It looked was it a bad horrific. Hit? I think because um, it happened so suddenly, like, you can't tell whether it was running away from you mm. or deliberately running into the road to be hit. It was just so sudden. Yeah. Because, again, cause she Split stopped second. to look at you and then said... I'm sorry, then, then tried to get away from you, yeah. 
she would go pick up the bag mm-hmm. to make sure she's got all the stuff. Right. Put the phone in her pocket just so she has it. So, you, so you're putting it in your pocket. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, not in the, the not dead in the pocket. Okay. And then to make sure that she wasn't just like seeing things, you know, like in that, in yeah. that split second of confusion, thinking mm-hmm. like, Oh, that wasn't that person doesn't look anything like me, really. Like it was just it was a trick literally, of my mind. yeah. The light, you um, um, she would want to try and oh, get a look at the body. Get a look at the body. Oh, okay, so messed up. <laughs> no? So you go back to the bench and you pick up the bag, and instantly you're like, "This bag is heavy." Uh-huh. And like, I guess you put the phone in your pocket straight away, and you put the shoes yeah. down, and you open the bag, and it's just a load of rolled banknotes in there. Oh my god. And right on top of it, it's like, you know, a generic sort of school backpack, maybe black, nothing yeah, nondescript about it. And on top of it is a handgun. Oh man, where did this stuff come from? I, you can't just leave a gun in the middle of the meadows. <laughs> she would leave the bag where it is. Mm-hmm. Probably still would keep on, no, she'd put the shoes down, I think. Okay. Are the shoes the the same size shoes as I would wear. Look pretty similar. They look like yeah. the same. They, they look a bit more wear and tear. They look like like trainers, like yeah. sort of a pair you would wear, but these are quite... They're covered in mud. Yeah, maybe smell a bit, I don't know. Like, it, it's yeah. quite hard to see in the moment. She puts them down anyway mm-hmm. and then goes to try and have a look at the body, but just leaves... Leaves the bag. The bag there. And she sort of, in preparation, gets her phone out and puts, like, 999 in to, like, call emergency services, but doesn't do it yet until she's seen the face okay. on the person. So I'd say you you sort of slowly... Not amble up. Nonchalant. <laughs> yeah, you sort of... That's <laughs> right. You slowly sort of start walking towards the, the sort of a small crowd that's gathered as a couple of people have come out of their cars, um, maybe some other joggers and some dog walkers, and you can see there's people on their phones already trying to contact the, the ambulance. As you said, you were sort of standing a little bit further back. You're not, I assume you're not wearing anything hooded or anything like that. You, and I you just see, look like a jogger. Yeah, so you see they try to put her into the recovery position and like move her hair, and again, that sort of face comes up and it looks very similar to, to you. <sighs> and looking at it a bit further now, like it's got, it's, it's got your features, mm. but the acne is sort of quite a lot over the face, so very mm. deep-set eyes. Uh, it looks like maybe she's not slept in a, in a while. Doesn't look very well, but mm. does seem to be you, or looks like you. The flip phone. Mm-hmm. Is it the kind of flip phone that you could get photos on, or is it so old that it's like you wouldn't have photos on? It? I'm guessing. Like I would have do, a look do you, it. So do you stay yeah. there and look for it? Yes. I would try and see if there's photos of her on the phone, because at this point I'm trying to ascertain whether like. I'm having a weird, like, processing moment of, like, okay, I still think it looks like me, but this is a traumatic event where I've just seen somebody step out in front of a car. Mm-hmm. So is it my brain tricking itself into, like, some weird coping yeah. mechanism? Or, like, if I look at pictures on the phone, it's is, clearly... is it going to be, like, the same face still? Okay. You pick it out, and actually, you've probably not seen a model like this for several years. It's a flip phone, but there doesn't seem to be any capacity for... Image and actually, you look at it. There's no like pin on it or anything like that. It's, it looks not brand new, but looks like it's just been picked up. And there's no there's no contacts in there per se. There's, but mm. obviously, you can see 
there's certain numbers have been rung different times mm. over the last couple of days, but it just act, this phone it's does not seem... a phone. It seems that way, anyway. That would be her assumption, having seen a gun and a, <laughs> a ton of money in a nondescript bag. It's a burner phone. In that case, and this is going to be morbid, she would... Would she? Maybe she wouldn't do this. I feel like the logical part of her is telling her to take a picture of the woman, even though she's covered in blood and, like... Messed up stuff. But the personable side of her (laughs) would be like, don't do that. That's a messed up thing to do. You shouldn't take pictures of people at accidents, which people do, and that's messed up. Mm. So I don't know which side would win out, because what's happening is super weird. She's given up on calling triple nine. Like, it's a fairly sort of medium-sized crowd that's giving, like, like people trying to come and help, they're trying to stop the traffic coming through, and, like, trying to... Yeah. Yeah, and you do hear sirens in the distance. What would she do? <laughs> she would... Go through the logic of why you'd want mm. to take a photo of her again, just so... Like, why, 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 is, why do you think she would take a photo? She'd probably take the photo to show, like, her brother, mm-hmm. and just be like... This just happened you in know, front of me. This, this just so happened. Weird. Is this what's going on? Uh, and then, you know, maybe he'd be like, it looks, you know, what are you talking about? It looks nothing like you. Or he'd be like, okay. oh my God, it's you. So that's like the logical part of her is like. Right. She wants to something confirm. Something weird is happening. Why? She wants to confirm it with a second happening. opinion. Yeah. Okay. But being a personable person, you think taking pictures of accidents is yeah. wrong. Yeah. Yeah. So I think like on a base level, she feels like it's disrespectful to do that. I mean, you do see one or two other people trying to take Snapchats in of, like, cars yeah. boiling up and you're like, oh, it's been a big accident. Yeah. Oh, my God. You know, there are other people doing it. Yeah. Whether or not that justifies you yeah, doing it is yeah. a completely different thing. I think that she would, like, feel bad about doing it. Okay. But her logical side just tips over to the point where Let's she's like, it. I'm going to do it. She's going to take a little snappy sneak. All right. Roll me the four dice for your cliche. Sorry, dead me. <laughs> uh, you try not to get too close. I think you're mm. aware that, obviously, you don't want to draw attention to yourself. Even if the girl doesn't look like you, you feel there is such a similarity. Mm. There might be questions and you're just like, I don't need this right now. It's quite mm. a traumatic thing. But you manage to take a couple of sneaky, sneaky snaps. Mm. <laughs> quite a serious moment, but okay. Yes, yeah. and you try and take a couple of images from a bit further above, perhaps, and you do mm. get not a great picture of her face, but it's obvious like the features are there, and no one seems to have noticed that you've done that. Okay. Then I GTFO. <laughs> I'm going to hope that nobody realised that I was talking to her right beforehand, and just kind of... And you're just going to jog, jog away? Yeah, I'm going to jog away. Leaving... But I still keep the bed. Keep the All right, but leaving the... Leaving the shoe... I shouldn't just leave a gun there, though. I would probably call 999. To report what? To report that there's been an accident and also there appears to be a bag. Oh my god, but if she's me, my fingerprints are all over this. I mean, I touched it. My fingerprints are all over it anyway. (laughs) I'm going to be a wanted fugitive. (laughs) 
What would you do right in this moment? Like, I know you're very being very logical yeah. and you're, you're thinking about a lot about yeah, it, but yeah, what yeah. would Violet do in this moment? You've just taken a She'd picture. She'd call and report the bag. Report, report the bag? Yeah. Just just the bag? Not Oh, like the accident and then the bag okay. and the fact that there's a gun inside the bag and then ask them, like, what should she do? Like, she doesn't want to leave it. Obviously. Okay, so you do that. You get put through obviously quite quickly, and you describe what's happened. Do you say your how much of you were involved in? This uh, I just say that I saw the lady step in. in front of the car, and then I tried to like I'd probably be like I tried to stop. Okay, her, but I couldn't. Do you detail a little bit about how? Yeah. So you would say you were an yeah. eyewitness per se. I would try and play it down so that okay. I wouldn't want to be like deeply involved so right. I would be like I saw this happen but you don't say you tried to stop her but she didn't say it. I wouldn't make out that we had a conversation yeah that's what I was saying yeah. to make sure okay so you get through to the police obviously um, quite a brief phone call because they are aware of the thing but as soon as you mention the bag they tell you to wait there for a second and they said they will get someone to come they ask you to make yourself known to one of the constables mm-hmm. they ask you the questions like have you touched the bag mm-hmm. and obviously you say yes mm-hmm. and you describe what's in it and they said well you know if it was an unattended bag I shouldn't have touched, touched it, it all that sort of thing yeah, yeah. you're given those instructions and they ask to keep you on the line just to make sure that you're okay and obviously they take some of your details do you give them accurate do you tell the truth yeah, yeah i tell the truth so you tell them sort of your, your your full name what you were doing out on the meadows um, yeah. your address and a phone number yeah. to contact you yeah so the ambulance arrive and it also trying to usher people away they sort of pick up the body put her on on a gurney and they start taking her into the ambulance and obviously the police are going around questioning people do you make yourself known to any of the officers no how long do you stay around for then or um probably only until like basically, if I've spoken to those officers that on the phone that dealt with oh dealt with the bag, well, so, so that's what I'm asking. Oh, you, that, that was on the phone. So on the phone, it said, "Oh, oh make right, yourself right. known," and and they will yeah. they will come and help you because they don't yeah. want you to. I totally go up to an officer then. Yeah, sorry. Okay. <laughs> no, no, I just wanted to make sure because I was like, I'm on the phone. Cool. I've, yeah, I phoned it. In. I fuck off. <laughs> exactly. I, I was how like, you bitches? <laughs> You speak to PC Pritchard. They say, okay, thank you. And she starts cordoning off the area. Uh, again, asks you the same questions again, like, mm-hmm. what happened? And do you know the person? Can you describe what happened? So I guess you give a fairly truthful account, mm-hmm. but mitigating certain things. Yeah. Some specialised unit comes maybe about 10, 15 minutes later, and they sort of go in, sort of, not full bomb disposal unit, but obviously mm. picking up the shoes with with a special device, mm. and they check the bag, and obviously they start bagging stuff up, and they start calling out, looking at evidence, the footprints mm. of her through the mud and stuff like that. Eventually, and it's been about maybe half an hour, forty five minutes now. It's starting to get pretty dark, and uh, PC Pritchard's like, "Well, um, I've got your numbers, I've got your details," and they, obviously she's like, "Are you okay? Like, I appreciate you've. It's not nice to see something like that happen." Is there anything else that you can think of? Why do you think she must have run into the road? It seems such a bizarre thing to to happen. I don't know. It was just really sudden. She was crying and she took her shoes off and then she just went for the road. Wow. Well, I would have also omitted anything about a phone because I know I've kept that. (laughs) All right. Here's my direct number. Anything else, just let me know. I go home. You go home. Um, If it's getting dark, I probably do a little hop on a bus mm-hmm. rather than running through the dark good idea. meadows. <laughs> yeah, good idea. So you are on the bus. Uh, how long would you say the bus takes to get home? Let's go a solid 20 minutes. Solid 20 minutes. You're always 20 minutes from anywhere in Edinburgh. <laughs> As you are on the bus, maybe sort of recollecting your thoughts, the burner phone rings. 
She takes it out of pocket. Mm-hmm. Looks at it. It says number withheld. She'll answer the phone. But not say anything, just like... Okay. A voice through a voice changer says, Where are you? We were supposed to meet an hour ago. Where are you? Claire thinks, new number who dis. <laughs> Violet does not say that. She probably says, Sorry, I just found this phone. Who's the... Like... Uh, sorry, I just found this phone. That's what she would say. I'm going to make you roll for something, but uh-huh. what are you trying to gain out of this conversation, do you think? I think she's she's trying to figure out... She's trying to get them... You've not yeah. said anything about this girl's death or anything else, no. or any circumstances. No. So I think it's just... It's an opener to try and start a conversation of, like, that I found this, there was this accident. So you, um, you're saying there was an accident? Are you... I think she starts with just, oh yeah, no, she probably would say like, uh, I found this phone, a girl got hit, is probably okay. how she'd phrase it. Would you um, say then that's more of a logical thing to do? Or, um, like a per- you know, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to think using yeah, your cliches. Yeah, yeah, I think, I think it's coming from a place of logic, but she's doing it in a way to communicate, so it's more personable, Okay. as opposed to like... We'll say you'll be using your personable thing. That's a roll free of your... Yeah. Please. Yeah, that's an 11. Oh, no. There's a pause, and then the phone cuts off. She calls it. She can't call the number back because it was a double withheld. Mm-hmm. It probably entices her to... Were there some numbers in the phone like so there wasn't obviously dialed numbers yes so there wasn't any so there's no text messages there's no images empty of anything that mm. could be traced other mm. than these numbers and you look through some of them mm. there's a couple of numbers withheld but the last couple of numbers are clearly it's not the same number mm. there's always been numbers to the phone people mm. ringing the phone rather than the phone ringing out to someone else mm. she probably gets her her phone out okay and takes photos or writes in like a notes app or something all the numbers. Okay. And probably like dates as well. Mm-hmm. Just knowing that it's an older phone and maybe the battery's going to die out or something like that. So she's yeah, like, you might not have I a charger for it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> they probably don't make those anymore. <laughs> so she probably does that. And then she'll pick the first, like the most recently dialed number and call it. So I'll say what you notice when you're going through making a note of these numbers and you said the dates, the times of them, they're always very quite late, between sort of midnight and Uh 1am. And a couple of them, like numbers withheld, obviously you you can't tell if it's the same number withheld or anything. And you said you were going to look them up on Google, is that right? Oh, she was just noting them down. Okay. That's really smart, though, so... <laughs> I, 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 yeah, Maybe I she want... would do that. Yeah. No, I'll have a think. Okay. Actually, she probably would. That's yeah. something that's, I That's do. what I assumed you were doing, and then you said written them down. Yeah, yeah. So most of them don't appear on any... Mm-hmm. Not even nuisance call websites or yeah, anything like that. Yeah. One of them, though, does have, like, an area code, and you look it up, and it's uh, Wales. Like, out of the, say, 20 numbers, again, most of them withheld, a couple of odd ones... Um, maybe one from two days ago, like three times, was from Wales. That's probably the one she calls first, then. Before calling, though, she probably texts her brother okay. to be like, something weird is happening. 
I'll be home in 15 or something. So you sh- you share a place with your brother? Yeah, right? yeah. Okay. basically like, oh, can we, you want to come over or something? I just need to talk to somebody, you know, like try and... Yeah, no, I just, just want out of interest. So yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it's more than happy for you. I'm more, more than happy for you to live with your brother. Yeah. It's just good to know. Just yeah, yeah. Okay. What would you say? Because like, you said your brother's at university. Mm. What would he normally be doing? I guess, does he have a job himself or is he sort of... I think if he did have a job, he'd work weekends or something okay. like that. He wouldn't do evenings, but he probably... He's probably either out with friends currently mm. or, like, working on an assignment, but, like, in the library or out Yeah, so not, you, he you, wouldn't be home. That's, he's not a homebody type of person. Right. He's a outside kind of person. Yeah, I, 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 no, no, I think, I think maybe you just give a, uh, a couple, like, a spate of messages, just say, hey, mm. this weird thing happened to me. If you're home, you know, just, just need to talk at you for a bit. Yeah, um, yeah. If not, don't worry, um, I'm sure I can, yeah. I'll catch you. She, I think she probably is a little more insistent of like, yeah. Can you, can you come home? Because okay. I'm really spooked. Yeah, I think it's like, she wouldn't like outwardly seem really scared and skittish to the sure. public eye, but internally she's like, something isn't clicking right about the whole situation. Okay, because she looked like her. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Do you do you mention like what happened, or do you say I just want to talk to you? It's it's important. Yeah, I think it's vague. Vague, probably. Fair enough. Yeah. In maybe a couple of minutes, and your brother sort of pings back. No worry, blood. Um, <laughs> emojis. Your brother. <laughs> yeah. Um, your brother's, you know, quite laid back about things, but he's he's your brother. He's very, it, like, I think because you said he's younger, like, mm. he's always sort of looked up to you, and he's not so much of a brat or anything like that. He's quite mm. sensible. Mm-hmm. Moses, yeah, I'm just out with some mates at the moment, but I'm heading home. Do you want mm. me to pick anything up from the shops? You know, smiley mm. face. Yeah. Wink. Yeah. I like, probably text back, like, we need more toilet paper. <laughs> he's like, he'll meet you back at home. Yeah. And then you ring... The other whales, the whales number. number. She's trying to ascertain who this person was, Mm -hmm. probably, and by uh, and to do so is try to figure out who these people are that are either calling her or because this one that she dialed out or one that that dialed in dialed in. So like, who these these people even are? I guess in a way, it's sort of you're trying to contact saying hi, and it sounds really random, but I believe. Your friend. your friend might be dead or something. Yeah, there's yeah. been an accident. Been, I'm yeah. just trying to... Yeah, that's probably the play that she'd, okay. she'd go for in a... Even though she's found a, a bag full of all this money and a gun, mm-hmm. which totally sounds like a drug deal gone wrong or a bank mm-hmm. heist, she'd play it from an angle of, like, sweet and, and innocent. Oh, yeah. this bad thing happened and it was probably your friend. So. Yeah. So it rings a couple of times and then it's a pickup. Hello? Who is it? Hi, hi. Um, uh, I'm sorry. This isn't um the best, the best call. I'm sorry to disturb you, but um, I found this phone, and I think it might belong to a friend of yours. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I I I don't know who this is. Um, you must have the wrong number. Uh, well, it was it was just in this phone that this girl had dropped, and there there's been an accident. I I I'm sorry. I I don't know. I'm sorry. And puts the phone down. I call back. <laughs> no answer. No answer. <laughs> she probably leaves it, and then she'll call the like the next the next random number on the list. Okay, you go through quite a few of these numbers, and either there's no response at all, or it it sounds like a dead end. Like um, mm, it's like, like a it's dis- tone. Yeah, it's disconnected. Mm-hmm. Or maybe the one or two that do pick up is silence, and then when you begin to start talking. Ten minutes. The plot thickens. Mm-hmm. I think by this time you've 
got off the bus and decided to get mm. home now. Is there anything you want mm. to do before like meeting your brother? I think at this point she is super on edge. So she's very wary as she's walking mm-hmm. off her surroundings. It's probably like looking at anyone who's got long hair and being like, are you going to have my face <laughs> as well? And she's probably thinking like on her walk home as well of like whether or not she should call the the police to hand in the phone now because like mm-hmm. it kind of hasn't given her a lead. Mm-hmm. And she feels a little guilty having withheld evidence. <laughs> Fair enough. I'd say if you're being sort of perceptive, even though it's not not a cliche per se, I think you're being resourceful mm. in a good way. You're sort of like looking mm. around, trying to, you know, just making sure that you're so you're okay. Because mm-hmm. horrible things happen to you. So I'd say roll mm. for uh, your resourceful cliches. That's one dice. <laughs> oh, a six. I'm um, rolling really well on these single no, dice. No, you're doing really well on the single dice. So... You don't spot anything out of the ordinary. And when you get back, please tell me, like, if, you know, I'm putting too many words in your mouth. You mm. get back to say your 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 house is quite a nice house, um, renting from it. It's a cul-de-sac-esque area. Mm-hmm. You have a look round. <sighs> Something's off, for sure. And you can't put your finger on it, per se. Like, you're looking around, trying to see if there's too many cars on the street. Maybe there's an odd car you don't recognise or anything like that. Mm. But there's definitely... Something's just different. Mm. And maybe it's because you're seeing things in a new light, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Maybe, you know, it's it's as if your world's been shaken a little bit and so you're sort of more aware of your surroundings, but mm. something feels a lot different and you're not, not sure what. Is it that kind of feeling of, like, you feel like somebody's come into your house and moved some of your things around? Like, that it, sort of, like, weird... You you get in, I'd say. And, yeah, it's... I mean, maybe you feel it a little bit in the street, but then you get in the house and, yeah, there's something's changed in the air. But before you have, like, any time to sort of properly investigate, your brother's sort of there, two big pizzas, oh, okay, chips, awesome. and he's like... I was about to say, I call him. <laughs> he's like, dude, what oh, is it, bro? Awesome. <laughs> and what's your brother's name? Timmy! Timmy. What's he studying? Is it a useless degree, or is it a No, I think it's No, uh, I think it's a useful... De- Let's go for, like, accounting. Okay. No, 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 let's go... I feel like he did, like... Let's go physiotherapy or something. Physiotherapy, yeah, like sweet. If I'm a scientist, it's like vaguely also science, but a different kind of science. So. Well, describe him for me. What does he look like? The classic little bro who grew up to be the bigger bro, in a way. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, he's much taller. I think as somebody who's super into physical well-being, mm-hmm. he probably is quite fit mm-hmm. and like a bit more of like your gym bro. Yeah, that's, that's fine. pretty much it. But he's like a t-shirt, t-shirt and and cargo shorts kind right. of guy. <laughs> like he's a bit dorky at the same time, even yeah. though he's built. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You've got back to your flat uh, mm-hmm. or house, sorry. Um, your brother's there with big pizzas. Sits you down and like, oh, so so tell me, tell me what happened. What what what's what's, what's all this? Yay! What's wrong with all this? Okay, I'm gonna sound crazy, but when I was jogging today, there was this lady in the park who's crying. And she was me. She was you. "Mm." Okay, it sounds crazy, but she looked at me. Mm. She was going to step in front of her car, so I, like, I went to stop her. And she looked at me, but she had my face. She had your face. Yeah. You know, like, in movies where aliens come down to Earth and they've got your face. (laughs) She had my face. (laughs) It takes a moment, and he's like, 
Are they working you too hard? <laughs> no, 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 no. Look, I've got a picture. You got a picture? Yeah, but... Okay, I know this is messed up, and I shouldn't have done it. I mean, a little bit, Violet. Like, <laughs> I don't think it's cool to, like, take pictures of crime scenes. Mm. And, and, like, it sounds like she was really hurt. Like... No, no, she she did step out in front of the car, and, like, I took a picture, and I know it's not cool, but would you look at him? <laughs> I know it's crazy, but I need you to look at it and tell me that I'm going mad and I'm processing this weirdly. How much do you tell him about, say, the bag and the phone? Do you tell him anything like that? I wouldn't tell him any of that stuff until I'd shown him the picture. Cool, good to know. So he looks at it, and he's sort of, before he looks at the phone, he's like, well, I've not seen anything on the news or anything, not even, like, local stuff. You sure? Like, usually when there's been an accident, you know... I mean, it just happened. Just happened, eh? Yeah, like 20 minutes ago. Oh, well, and he's... Oh, no, okay, it was a couple of hours ago. <laughs> but, like, but he flips up, like, yeah. um, uh, the news and maybe quickly looks on, like, uh, BBC Online and stuff mm. like that. And he goes, well, there doesn't seem to be... Not even, like, a, a mention, and, like, maybe has a quick look at Twitter. But, yeah, it's mm. nothing. Are you sure? And he looks at the image and he's like, I guess... It's very, it's very hard to see, but I guess it looks a little bit like you. If you'd like, like grown your hair out and maybe were on drugs, like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She did not look in a good way. Yeah, I mean, well, she doesn't look in a good way. Look at her yeah. leg, you know. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, okay, too. that's too <laughs> sorry, far, man. Sorry, that's too far. That's messed up. I don't mm. think it looks exactly like. I mean, mm. look, and he sort of takes your hand and he's like, look, like I. I know, like, with work, you know, you're trying to get far and you're, you know, still jumping through all the hurdles and stuff. Maybe you are a little bit stressed out and this is a horrible experience regardless. So I don't want to say you imagined it. You know, I believe you. Did you talk to the police? Did you did you say anything? Like, Yeah, well, so I did. I talked to them. She'd left stuff behind. Okay. Uh, she had some shoes and a bag. Oh, okay. It was like a really heavy bag. Yeah. She left that stuff, so I, I called the police. Okay, that's good. Uh, and, like, showed them where it was and stuff. Well, I'm sure that was really helpful. Like, you know how they say, every little bit helps. Let's let's try and forget about it. Like, because you are, like, the biggest slice of pizza. Right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, question. Mm-hmm. Does anything about him seem weird? Like, if I'm already sort of unsettled about the house being weird... I'd say roll your personability cliche for me. Let's see what you get. Oh no! What's that, that total? That one's cocked. Yeah, roll that one again. Oh, it's worse. Yeah, <laughs> that's an eight. eight. <laughs> you sort of not bowled over by his sympathy or anything like mm. that, but like, you know what you saw. But maybe you're sort of second guessing. Maybe your brother wasn't the person to talk to. Maybe mm. he's not understanding. Mm. So that sort of distracts you from. Whether something is up with your brother, I guess, is what yeah. I'm trying to say. Is there anything else you do before heading to bed? So there's nothing in the news about... D- do you go searching for the news? Yeah, I probably have a look to see... Like, after seeing what he showed me and, and that there's no articles on it, I probably would do a bit more like research into mm. trying to find any sort of semblance of what happened, what occurred. Okay. Because I want to try and figure out if I should call... The PC uh, and, like, Pritchard, head yeah. the phone. Yeah. Okay. Well, I say you're being quite resourceful. Or mm-hmm. would you say you're being logical? Logical. Yes. Because <laughs> that's what other people <laughs> does. Yeah, so I think you're just taking a bit more in-depth and taking your time. Maybe investigating it more. So, yeah, roll your four dice for me there. Mm. 
2012. You finish off the pizza and you're like looking through Twitter. Maybe you've got like your laptop open and your phone and you maybe you've got the news on and your brother's mm. sort of like, well, I'm off to bed. And you're like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. you carry on. And maybe you search for like an hour or two. And there's a couple of mentions of like people tweeting in the park going, oh, it was a really bad accident. But there doesn't seem to be any photos. You have a quick check on the local news. Doesn't seem to be other than saying, oh, there's a bit of traffic due to an earlier accident, but that's cleared up now. Mm. Nothing about a girl being hit by a car. Mm. And then going again back into Twitter, a couple of other things. You know how uh, police forces now seem to have Facebook pages? Yeah, yeah. Eventually, uh, you find a Facebook thing comes up. We responded to an earlier incident where a young female was hit by a car. We're looking for any possible eyewitnesses. And then there is an artist sketch of the girl's face. Looks just like you. Okay, I use that sketch. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, how long has it been since Timmy went to bed? Maybe about an hour or so. Yeah. I probably knock on his door then, like, do, 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 do. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I don't know if it's the door, like, sleepy. Obviously, just in boxes, because he's like, whoa. This! <laughs> and I shoved the phone oh, in his oh face. Oh my god, like, it's so bright. Why? I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm right. sorry sort but. Of, sort of yeah. looks at you, looks at the phone, looks at you, and he's like, well, but it's only a drawing, you know? Like, maybe. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess there's a semblance, but look, I'm tired. Like, yeah, okay, all right, all right. Are you sure you're all right? Yes. I mean, like, you can talk to me about anything. Yes. Okay, good night. Yep. <laughs> all right. She would probably then go to her... Let's say that the living room is further away from the bedrooms. (laughs) So she would call up DC Britcher. Pritcher. Bircher. Pritcher. Pritcher. She calls her up. Goes to voicemail. Um, Sorry, I can't take your call right now. I'm off duty, but I, I will answer as soon as I possibly can. And just leave a message of, like... Hi, um, it's Violet from the scene. It's just something I wanted to talk to you about, but yeah, just call me back on this number. I should put the phone down. The burner phone r- rings again. Does it say number withheld again? Yes, of course it does. I answer the phone. Okay, do you say anything? No. There's a moment of silence. And again, the same voice, uh, changer voice comes on and goes... Whoever this is, we need to know what you've done with the money. Will Violet ever find out who her doppelganger was? Who is this mysterious person on the other end of the phone? And what exactly is going on? Find out next time on What Am I Rolling? The What Am I Rolling podcast was created, recorded and edited by me, Fiona Howard. This episode's player was Claire Jarvis. This episode's RPG was Riscus, the Anything RPG, created by S. John Ross of Cumberland Games and Diversions. You can find out more about Riscus and other Cumberland Games and Diversions RPGs on their website. That's rolltop-indigo.blogspot.com. The theme music was 8-Bit March by Twin Musicon of twinmusicon.org, licensed under a Creative Commons 4.0 license. If you want to find out more about the podcast, check out the website. That's www wairpodcast.com Fancy getting in touch? Email the podcast at whatamirollingpodcast at gmail.com Finally, follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at wair underscore podcast for the latest news on upcoming episodes. And remember, adventurers need not apply.